Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Well, today we're going to hear the story of Nicodemus, and he is going to, we're going to be invited to uh, pretend to be him and to make a choice on who we will follow. Now, I want to say that, um, first saying that one of the choices that you're going to have is that Nicodemus chooses to remain a Jew and chooses not to follow Jesus. Um, And that's not a bad thing. We are not one of those uh, denominations that condemns Jews. We still believe that they're God's chosen people and that God has a special place um, in the witness for the Jewish people. But I also remind us that the very first people who chose to follow Jesus were Jews. Uh, And so the choice that is before Nicodemus in this story is whether he is going to be one of those first people who choose to follow Jesus or not. So with that in mind, let us hear now the word of the Lord. After this, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate if he could take away the body of Jesus. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one because he feared the Jewish authorities. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took the body away. Nicodemus, the one who at first had come to Jesus at night, was there too. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, nearly 75 pounds in all. Following Jewish burial customs, they took Jesus' body and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths. There was a garden in the place where Jesus was crucified, and in the garden was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish preparation day and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus in it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So I remind you, we're going to hear this story and we're going to hear it in the second person. That's how the Choose Your Own Adventure books are read. And we are going to hear it from Nicodemus's perspective. So that's the one we're taking on today. It has been a wild and traumatic week in Jerusalem. And you have had a unique view of it. It started as Jesus ben Joseph, the teacher from Nazareth, had come into town for Passover, riding on a donkey and hearing shouts of Hosanna from the crowds. But then he did what Jesus has done ever since you first met him. Well, it's been about three years ago now. Jesus had a tendency to take what people know about the faith and then challenge them to take that knowledge a step farther. To live in radical ways of love and courage that honestly made most people uncomfortable. You remembered how he did that to you. You were so curious about him. You had heard some of his preaching, and you had certainly heard a lot of people talking about his preaching. You were curious about him because he spoke with such wisdom, and yet he wasn't trained as a Pharisee like you were. You aren't just a Pharisee, in fact, but you are the great Nicodemus, a member of the Sanhedrin, one of the top authorities of Judaism. Jesus, however, he was a carpenter's son. He wasn't trained, and yet he spoke with such depth. So one night, your curiosity got the best of you, and even though you knew the rest of the Sanhedrin would object, you went to him. What a conversation that had been. 
Two teachers gathered around lamplight at a simple table, talking of such great things. It is what rabbis live for. You would ask him how it was possible to be born again, and he pushed you not to think in literal terms, but instead to think of a rebirth possible through the work of God's Spirit. And when he spoke of the Messiah, of God's only Son given for the salvation of the world, the hairs on your arms stood up. You knew it couldn't be the case, but it crossed your mind that maybe you were speaking to that Son in that man, Jesus. You weren't alone in having that thought. More and more people started proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. So many that he ended up catching the attention of the Sanhedrin, and they ordered guards to bring Jesus to them. But the guards had returned empty-handed. Some on the council yelled at the guards for not bringing Jesus back, but the guards just said, no one speaks like he does. You silently agreed with them. You had experienced just what they had. Then the council started shouting to condemn him, and that's when you spoke up. Our law doesn't judge someone without first hearing him and learning what he is doing, does it? Whether Jesus was the Messiah or not was yet to be seen, but certainly he was due proper respect before the law regardless. The others on the council attacked you and accused you of being from Galilee too, but those were just grumbles. Soon enough, everyone dispersed and went back home. Jesus' following continued to grow, and it could no longer be ignored. Finally, enough people shared that he was actually claiming to be the Messiah that he got hauled before the Sanhedrin just a few days ago. You were still undecided about who Jesus was, but you were also shocked at how violently those on the council with you attacked him. And then you could not believe it when they actually called for his death. How could it have come to this? You honestly believe the others on the Sanhedrin, especially the high priest, were more concerned about preserving their own power than trying to reason with Jesus to get him to stop. Everything had gotten out of control so quickly. But you also had to admit that you didn't do anything to stop it. You told yourself it was because you knew they wouldn't listen and they would just accuse you of being in line with Jesus. If you were honest, though, you were afraid. As violent a fever pitch as the crowd and the authorities were in, you were afraid they would inflict you with the same punishment. Or even if you didn't face the same punishment, you would probably be stripped of your seat on the Sanhedrin. Was it really worth it? Was the risk worth it for this man who, as far as you could tell, was just a great teacher? Still, you couldn't help but feel like you abandoned this man, this good man. So the weight of what you had done, or actually what you had not done, was bearing down on your soul. So when your friend Joseph of Arimathea asked you to help carry Jesus' body to the tomb and properly bury it, you took the chance. Not only that, you decided the least you could do was honor him well. So you brought 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe. You hadn't treated him well in life. At least you could do right by him in death. As you and Joseph prepared him, you said the prayers you had been taught to pray. And you looked on the body of this man, this man who so many had loved and revered, this man who had intrigued you and even taught you. Here he was, reaching the same end we all inevitably meet. Oh, sure, as a Pharisee, you believe in the resurrection, but you don't believe it will happen until the real Messiah comes. You close his eyelids and cover him over and resign yourself that he may have been a great teacher, 
but he was no Messiah. You spend Sabbath in reflection and peace, and when the next day comes, you go into Jerusalem proper. The Sanhedrin will meet to discuss whether anything more is needed to do about this Jesus situation. But before you get there, you hear yet another stir. This one stops you in your tracks. He is risen? There is a whisper and a rumble in the crowds. You stop and lean against the wall. None of those who follow Jesus will trust you enough to share a story with you. So you keep your head covered, but your ears open. Yes, that is what you are hearing. Jesus emerged from the tomb today with a promise to appear to his followers. You don't know what to do. Part of you imagines that this is just the foolish optimism of hope and can't possibly be true. But then you remember how the hair stood up on your arm and you wondered if couldn't this man be the Messiah? But you had laid him in the tomb and knew he was dead. But you also believe in the resurrection. Even so, if you go to the Sanhedrin with this story and even hint that you believe it, you will lose everything you have known. But isn't it worth it for the Messiah? Or maybe the power is not in God. Maybe it was in the myrrh and aloe. Maybe it brought Jesus back to life. If that was the case, you figure you could sell that stuff and make enough to take care of your family for generations. As sweat trickles down your back and your hands grow cold and clammy from the palpitations in your heart, you try to sort through the anxiety. You take a deep breath. You have to have a plan of action going forward. You have to make a choice of what to do from here. All right, it's time to choose. Turn to the back of your bulletin. Take out your phone. Turn on the camera. When it, hold it in front of the QR code and when the little yellow minty.com pops up, click on that and then you're gonna see your choices. Best laid plans, right? Okay, so what does Nicodemus choose to do? Goes back to being a good Jew. He definitely could choose that. He publicly becomes a follower of Christ. He hits the road, Jack, and doesn't come back. Or he peddles magical oils. Uh, so make your choice on what he does. And we will find out at the end of the worship service what happens. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.